Hey everyone, and welcome back to Storytime with Shade. Uh, this week I'm going to be starting my zombie story titled The End of It All. Um, I'll save any comments or anything I want to talk about until the end of the podcast. We're just going to jump right in. So here is the start, uh, the first five chapters of The End of It All. Hope you like it. Chapter 1 I don't know why I'm bothering to write this down. I don't know what it'll be when I'm done, how it'll turn out. I once thought that life was simple. I guess that's how we'll start. I remember what it was like, not clearly, but enough details linger in my haunted memories for me to ever forget. Sometimes I wish they would leave. My memories, I mean. But they aren't anywhere near as terrifying as the things that are outside the things that I'm hiding from, the things that want to kill me. I'm getting ahead of myself, I suppose. If I'm going to bother writing this, I might as well try and make it good. So, there I was at my dead-end job when I first heard the news. I worked in a pristine pharmacy that was run by an old couple that must have been spawns of Satan himself. They required every surface to be constantly wiped down every five seconds and had a habit of saying, you missed a spot if they noticed the tiniest little scuff. I absolutely hated it. It was money, though. Anyway, so there I was, mopping aimlessly a floor that to any health inspector must have been an A-plus in the grade book of clean, when I heard it come over the radio. I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was something like this. The Canadian government urges everybody to stay in their homes. They claim that there has been a recent outbreak of some sort of super flu from a government testing agency that is extremely fatal. However, more recent reports from civilians in the surrounding areas, as well as eyewitnesses to this phenomenon, have actually seen the dead come back to life. Well, it certainly sounded crazy. Of course, what no public or media ever really got the chance to say was that it was crazy. It was fucking nuts. Completely unbelievable. And yet, here I am. Trapped in a bunker with dwindling supplies and a horde of hungry zombies scratching at the door. It happened faster than anybody could have predicted the end of the world. The government was trying to keep it quiet, while the whole time it was simply spreading, like a fire in a forest full of dry, dry leaves. And in that forest, all those leaves were the human race, just burning away, dying off, without that much of a fight either. Chapter 2 I'm aware that my first entry was not very long, was not very hopeful. It has no right to be, though. This hasn't exactly been a hopeful story. I am also aware that I have not put a date, and I will not and cannot do that, due to my own fear of how long I may be trapped here as well as having no real sense of time anyways. I'm void of a calendar to mark off the days of the week and the months. Time to me has no meaning. I'm just going to try and get all this out before I go insane or starve to death. It hasn't been much better today. The noises they make. God, if I don't go insane remembering all this, then I will from those goddamn noises. The moaning and the fucking scratching. I do understand, unfortunately, that they will not give up. They will not falter. Me, on the other hand, I'm about an inch from giving up already. Maybe that's what this will turn out to be. A suicide note. <laughs> a damn entertaining one at that, too. But anyways, where was I? Oh, yes. Yeah. I was in the pharmacy when I heard the news of the so-called outbreak... 
and I was a bit skeptical to say the least. A lot of people were. Maybe that's why it happened so fast. Most people assumed it was just some kind of a hoax. When I heard this remarkable and horrible news, I was about half an hour away from finishing my shift. It was about 7.30. I got off work at 8 o'clock, and I was looking forward to the freedom, even if the forecast read doomsday. I waited in anxiety. Only I realize now that it should have probably been fear. Maybe then I would have been a little bit more prepared. Nah, fuck that. Not a single goddamn soul was truly prepared, and that's why I'm stuck here. If the government had been prepared, then there may have been some safe zones. But as it stood, they were just calling it a hoax and were telling people to await further information to what was really going on. The news crews, reporters, and radio personalities said otherwise. I remember that not that many people came to the pharmacy that night. My bosses were talking about it the whole night, it seemed, and I realized later on in the completely wrong way. It seemed like they were almost excited. Hell, honestly, I was. It was the most entertaining thing I'd ever heard. Anyways, when I got off my shift, my plan was to head home. It didn't turn out that way. I happened to run into this woman I knew. Her name was... Not really important, not yet. I'll say it when I have to. So I ended up running into this woman and she asked me. I was a lonely guy, although nothing compares to the loneliness that I feel now. If I would like to go out for a drink. I need to gather myself. I thought I was ready to tell all of this. Not yet. Chapter 3 I realize that so far I haven't been the best storyteller, narrator, or whatever you want to call me. Please understand, it was the most terrifying experience of my life. This the whole thing has been. And while it may be over for you, it isn't over for me. Not yet. Her name was Fiona. A beautiful name. So we went out for coffee, not the alcoholic kind of drink. She said she had been an alcoholic for four years and had recently kicked the habit thanks to Alcoholics Anonymous. She had said that it was her savior. I only wish I could have been hers. I remember going to the small, 24-hours coffee shop and sitting down at a quiet table near the windows. Her hair was auburn, a wonderful color. Her eyes were hazel. We both ordered blacks as if knowing that it would be a long night ahead of us. I don't even remember what we were talking about. It was the kind of talk that was easily forgettable, and yet could have lasted hours if circumstances hadn't intervened. I wish I could remember. It's hard to think that far back at all, really. The noises block out any coherent thought. Those damned noises from outside. So there we were, in the coffee shop, me staring into her eyes, admiring them, when we first heard them. Those damned noises. Had I known what it was then, I might have been able to do something, to save someone. Instead, I was just as panicked as everybody else. Chapter 4 The first one was the scariest. First times usually are. Your first time on a roller coaster, your first fuck, your first job. It's always a terrifying experience. Or at least they were for me. Well, these creatures, for lack of a better word, were all terrifying each in their own way, but that first one, damn. It was late, I remember that much, much later than it should have been. I think we had spent over three hours in that coffee shop, and it was very close to midnight when the first one came in. He was about five foot eight with scraggly black hair falling down past his shoulders. It looked at first as if the hair hadn't been washed in a long time, but when you looked closer, you could tell it was more so a combination of dirt and caked blood. 
He had white chino pants on, and his right leg was red, contrary to the white of the pants on his left. He was limping quite badly. Unfortunately, that didn't help anyone. Within a few minutes, everybody in the coffee shop was dead, or one of them. Everybody except for me. And that was sheer dumb luck. Chapter 5 There were five of us in the coffee shop at the time when the white chino pants man walked in. I could tell that everyone was as interested in him as I was. I figured he had gotten into a car crash or something, the way his leg was bleeding. Even then, I was trying to deny the news reports as a hoax. Even then, when confronted with a living dead as obvious as could be, I was lying to myself. We all were. Other than Fiona and myself, there was an elderly woman by herself nearer to the door than we were, and two people working that seemed as if they had worked at this 24 hours coffee shop their whole life. One was a man in his late 40s, in decent shape, light brown skin with a graying beard and short curly hair. The other, a Mediterranean-looking woman, probably his wife, also older-looking but in fine shape. Her hair was still the jet black of coal. Even to me, a 22-year-old, they seemed just too damned young to die. So, let's see if I can get this out. The old lady was the first to go, I remember. She was alone, reading a book, sipping at a coffee, her billionth one, it seemed, and didn't have a care in the world. Well, like all of us, really. Only, not anymore. Now, to be carefree is to sign your own painful death warrant. I didn't see it. I heard it. There was one loud crunch, and then screaming. I figured, at first, not being that observant of a guy, and I was still mostly focused on Fiona for the most part, that the old lady had fallen over and broken her hip. Not so. If only it would have been that simple. He had bitter. Hard. And by the time everyone was aware of what had happened, it was already too late. The woman was on the ground, holding her spurting neck and choking on her own blood. I remember that the only thing I got at was, What the fu- And by then, he was already on the move. He leapt past the service counter. Better, much better, might I add, than a man who was hit by a car would be able to do and grabbed the other woman, pulling her down and out of my sight. The woman's husband with a graying beard went down too, either to save his wife or pull off the attacker, I don't know, but he didn't resurface from behind the counter. That was when a guttural munching sound started. You could hear the blood dripping, the muscles ripping, the bones breaking. Never had I known the horrors that human teeth were capable of, if it was a human at all nor would I have known how fast they could work at completely dismembering a body. Anyways, Fiona and I were up and out of our seats at this point, but unable to help the couple and without medical supplies to treat the lady in any way. I remember her looking at me with such intense fear in her eyes. I think she knew. It was the end days for our world. The final dying struggle of Homo sapiens as we know it, and it wouldn't be fought with bombs as we all thought it would, and it wouldn't be the Earth's plate shifting like the scientists thought. Humankind's last battle would be between teeth and bone and wits. I had the first two. As for the wits, I still consider myself as simply lucky, not smart. I grabbed Fiona's hand and led her towards the back door. I was hoping we could get the hell out of there as fast as possible and get to some higher ground or something, but before we reached the door, Fiona stopped. Oh God, look, the lady, she's okay. As much as I wanted to shout, Who gives a flying fuck? I didn't and ran with Fiona to try and help the lady. Fiona got there first. 
I sometimes wish that I would have. The old lady makes as if to hug Fiona, and she embraces it, probably thinking that the old lady was terrified and trying to comfort her. Only I know better, because I saw her eyes. Her pale, empty eyes that hung in their sockets like dead Christmas bulbs. And her teeth were sharp, not normal and square. They seemed to be exact triangles filed down to the point. How that could happen in a quick minute or two, I haven't the foggiest idea. She bit Fiona, but she didn't scream. They fell down together, and I watched in unending horror as an old lady ate cartilage and flesh off of a young woman's throat. After I don't know how long, they both stopped moving, and then stood up together, supported by each other's weight. They turned to me, eyes wide and gaping, and then in unison bolted, like a horse out of a pen, straight towards me. And I ran as fast as I knew how. So that is it for this week, guys. Hope you liked it. There's going to be more on the way. I'm thinking I'm probably going to do about five chapters at a time for this story until it's done. So stay tuned for next week for the continuation. Uh, I think the dog might have barked at some point during that last chapter. So if that, uh, you know, interrupted the story or got in the way at all, I do apologize for that. But I didn't feel like re-recording the entire chapter just because of a single dog bark. Um <laughs> I did uh, initially write the story uh, with the concept of, um, you know, a man post-apocalypse who's trapped in a bunker and writing out the story. I was going to try and edit it more into a format for podcasts um, as if he was actually, uh, like, recording it, um, but I didn't really want to do that. Um, that actually kind of um, was more complicated than I initially thought it might have been. Um and so I decided to just stick to the normal format. I mean, I have uh, edited it, um, you know, compared to uh, when I first released it on my Facebook years and years ago. It has been uh, edited. I am going through it some more, but I, that felt like kind of too big of a change. Um, so it is still kind of just me uh, reading what should be, um, you know, something that is written down. Uh, they're supposed to more or less be the, the scrawls of this guy getting out his story, um, you know, while he's uh, trapped in this bunker of how we got there. Um, but either way, I hope you've been liking it. Thank you so much for listening. Um, again, next, another episode will be out next week, so please stay tuned. Like, comment, subscribe if you haven't. And uh, see you next week. Until then, have a good one.